This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shervanian. The opening kickoff. 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 Here are Mark and Lee. Welcome in a Friday edition of the opening kickoff. We're with you for the next three hours right here on the sports station WNSP and WNSP.com. We encourage you to join the conversation uh, regardless of topic 694-1055. And of course, you can get us in the app at WNSP.com. Hey, Lee. Hey, Mark. Just one of those days. Hey, Nikki. So, Hi. whenever you take a trip, <laughs> whenever you leave, are you surrounded by security to keep off all those celebrity grabbers that people want a piece celebrity of you? Celebrity grabbers! The people who want a piece of you, Mark, boy, when they find out that you're going to be whatever you're going to be doing next week, I, I don't know, but uh, I'm sure there'll be people out there looking for you. So, the question is, does uh, Victor Wimbanyama know, did he know who Britney Spears was Prior to yesterday, I mean, he didn't know it was Britney when he says when the whole thing took place. But I'm just wondering, Victor's what, 18, 19, 20? How old is he? He's, he's around. Does does he know who Britney Spears is? I think he does, based on the reaction he had when he found out at the hotel. I'm I don't follow Britney Spears' career. I don't even know if she's had a pop song lately. I know of her just from People magazine, and the only thing I read in there is about her relationships, one minute this guy, the next minute. But here's here's my take on this. You want to hear it? I, I do. I really do. When it comes to Britney Spears, I'm all this ears what, with Yeah, I bet. Since she's a Louisiana girl, and of course you're very, yeah. you, know, in, 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 you know. She's not that innocent. No, not at all. So here's my thing. Okay, so she's. This is what I don't get. I, right. I think the whole thing's a farce, and it wouldn't surprise me if this is a, a publicity gimmick or whatever. And you know, she being the drama queen that she's been labeled, but she's been through. What if this was on the other? She was, you know, the other foot. What if she was walking out of a concert yeah. or into a restaurant? And and I'm sure this has happened. Sure. Oh yeah. And and, and somebody tried to tap her on the shoulder. My feel. My point is. She should know better, okay, because she is a celebrity. She's been through this, done that. Why is she going after a basketball player? Okay. Riz, Victor. Riz. Okay. Instead of, let's say, just just thinking this thing out loud now. And, again, I haven't seen any of the videos, so obviously my my view could change on this. Uh, I haven't seen any video because sometimes that really projects a different picture. So why not wait until Victor and his group get seated and then while they're seated, either ask a waiter, waitress, hostess or go over to yourself and introduce yourself so that he sees you. Because Victor said he never even saw her face. He had his back to her. She grabbed him. He says this and that. So. Wait until they're seated. Go over and introduce yourself in a nice way. Hi, I'm Britney Spears. I saw you walking in. I'd like to have a photo. I mean, that that's how celebrities normally do it. They don't they don't become <laughs> they don't become the celebrity. They don't become the people the, the groupies. She's not a she's been. What if this has happened with her group? And and she she claims her security people have never done this. And I believe not, her. I don't buy that one I second. I believe her. You know. And then she files a police report. Heck, that golfer up in Canada never even filed a report, and he was tackled. 
Look, she got backhanded, she said, by the security detail. Well, un until I Poor see the video. Brittany. Yeah, until I see the video, I, I, I don't know. But Victor did say that, you know, he was told not to turn around. He didn't want to start a, a ruckus. Just go in there. He didn't know it was Britney Spears. And then when he found out when it was headlines and he was told in the hotel. Do you think y'all do y'all think he would have stopped and just blown off security if he knew it was Britney or any if he if he knew if it was any any celebrity? A-list or otherwise, would, would he have stopped and chatted? And I think Probably he not. I think he would have. No, I think no, the lately, security Brittany. people had him surrounded, and they told him, don't do that because it'll cause a ruckus, and you'll have a whole bunch of other people there, too. Lately, but Brittany celebrity really people, been, they don't um, do stuff like that. I, I'm really surprised that she would do that. <laughs> What's Brittany been doing lately? <laughs> She's been off her rocker, man. Why? No, I mean, no more Instagram than normal. Show Lee. Her last few Instagram posts. And maybe you'll see why she was backhanded on her approach. She's uh, she's a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs lately. She's always been a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yeah, but now I guess she's just not hiding it. So she's eating that bowl of cereal out in the open now. Help her celebrity status, get her back in the mainstream. Is that what this is about? Isn't she, isn't she like performing in Vegas way. or something? I don't think she's performing. I don't think she's in a mental state to be able to perform hmm. so this has been great for her career you know about the lee do you know about the drama with britney and her father absolutely and then and then of course the drama take that a step further okay and and the boyfriend here and the boyfriend there and the new guy here and the new guy there then i think that isn't she also like her sister they don't talk or something and they're at odds you might know more about it than me. People magazine, they seem to devote every <laughs> if it's not about the, uh, the, the the Prince Charles or something or Harry on the cover, it's usually Britney Spears. Actually, as of 2022, she said she's not performing anymore due to the whole thing with the dad left her kind of the conservative frazzled. Ship. Yeah, the conservative ship. But she's uh, that's been taken care of though. He's out of the picture now. Right. Lee's our pop culture. That's analyst. right. You just anything you need to know. You be, do you like any of Britney songs? That's funny you ask. I put down there I'm at six fifty. You are. We're gonna miss that. Boy, I'll tell you. You're gonna leave a sense of humor, huh? So Britney, I couldn't. If you if he played and and I did ask him. I asked Nick and he'll do it at six fifty. Play a Britney. I don't know any of her songs. I couldn't tell you if it was Britney Spears or Katy Perry or Kelly Clarkson or. <laughs> <laughs> Lady Go Go or Gaga, I couldn't. Let, I I don't yeah, know. I think that's how the song goes. Pick me <laughs> up when you Lady Go Go. Do you? I, I mean, do you know any of her songs? Sure. Okay. Well, you're you're younger. You're more in step with. I'm hip. You are. I know hip. Britney Spears songs. I know you go home humming them in the uh, shower. You know. Hey now. Hey now. Who who said that? I love that when you say Hey now. Who was the uh, <laughs> the announcer on that TV show? You say Hey now. Uh, I don't know. It's gonna come to me. It was uh, was it the Larry Sh the Chandler show? I'm they, drawing. They got, I'm drawing a blank. All right. All right. So, Lee, Nick, are you in a conservatorship and with Miss uh, Barbara, and she kind of runs things for you. She does. She does. She was really upset with me uh, that when yesterday, she gave me some goodies to bring into Nick, mm -hmm. and I didn't do it. I didn't know they were for Nick. I thought they were for me. Yeah, you should know better. I know. I she really read me the riot act. And then I said, what has Nick done for me? He deserves this. And she told me to shut up. Wow. And really? She said those nah, words. She doesn't use those words. But And she said, just get it into him. That's all. Because she knows Nick doesn't like sweets. Sure. Sure. And so she came up with something else. 
So when has when was the last time Britney Spears had a legit like? Well, does she do hit? concerts? Does no. she still do, none at all? No, we 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 as of 2022 because of daddy issues, we uh we stopped performing. See, I th- I, I thought she was in. But Vegas. she hasn't had a a legit. I th- well, what's po- she in Vegas hit for? for like 15 years, right? Yeah, but what she is she doing chasing around celebrities? What is she doing? I mean, she sh- like I say, she should know better. She was excited. It was Victor Winbanyama. <laughs> Do you think she? There's no way she knew. I think she said in the statement she didn't know it was Victor Winbanyama or who Victor was. Probably just like wow. I think one of her people guy. said you need to go. S- I mean, he's yeah. Now she Ooh, wants young an apology. tall guy. She wants an apology. Why do you? Why, no, why are you even filing a police report? Was yeah, she hurt? No, was she hurt? Well, she got backhanded and her glasses flew off. She got hit in the <laughs> face. Again, until I see the video, I. That's what she said. She said. <laughs> now I sound like uh now I sound like the office. That's what she said. Um Yeah, it's been a minute since she's had a uh we should do a whole Britney Spears show on songs to get you educated. Do it next week. Next week? Yeah, or next time you're on yeah, next time you're away. off, we'll do a Britney Spears. Please. Yeah, save me the embarrassment. So it, so when Binyama claims that he didn't really see anything happen, he was told, as you pointed out, just keep going. You're in this hallway. People are coming up. We don't want to cause chaos. Just keep moving. So that's what he did. He says someone grabbed him. She said she tapped him on the shoulder. He kept moving. He didn't even turn around. And so basically security just kind of shoot her away. And then what happened there was, according to her, she got back uh, backhanded. So... He kept walking, and it was only hours later did someone in, inform him that it was Britney Spears. Right. She's now filed a police report. It's like this huge thing. She's loving the publicity, I'm sure, she, although she I called it embarrassing. Yeah, but I don't, I, I debate that. I, I think this was a publicity gimmick for her part to get her name out there again. <laughs> hey, hey, and get one of your guys to hit I me. Would, I would ask this. <laughs> I doubt what, that. What if, again, if she was on the foot? And she was walking in with a, her security people, and somebody tapped her or pushed her. Well, how yeah. would she feel about it? By the way, since you're into pop culture and you're yeah. really into this stuff and yeah, you're really yeah. digging deep today. Yeah. She's not that innocent. What about uh, Brady and Kardashian? Anything to it? Internet is burning up with stories that Tom Brady and Kim Kardashian I figured you, up. you and your, your correspondence over at People can confirm that for us. I haven't seen the latest issue yet. Maybe uh, uh, tomorrow. They're probably redoing it right now. So they meet at a Stop party. Stop the presses! They meet at a party, and now they're trying to link them up. Would you? Would, would that be so bad? Tom Brady all, getting out there? The, I'd kind of lose peak respect for Celebrity them. couple right there? A Tom Brady and a Kim Kardashian? Two. Uh, elite stars of their own fields meeting together at the apex. <laughs> um, good for Tom. What do you mean? What about good, good for, for Kim? I I'm thinking. Well, Tom's kind of out there now, right? He's. He's, you know, going through his progressions. Let's face it. I think anytime he's, he's looking off certain folks, trying the, to target in on a receiver. The Kardashians roll through guys left and right for their reality show. And if that's what he wants, I would. Well, that's uh, what I'm saying. He's a free agent now. Kim's been out there a while. Maybe so, maybe he can get her a job as a Raider uh, cheerleader. 
think she's probably past that. Well, you never know. Yeah, I think you're, you'll you'll um. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna. Happen. I mean, I look. Tom wants to go out there and you know experience free agency. Then I think he'd probably. He, I'm just saying, Kardashian's been out there. Kim's been out there a while in free agency. Did you see the um, video from that white party where the guy broke down every watch that everyone was wearing? Because <laughs> everyone's just wearing like a white T-shirt. Right. Right. So he like found every picture and looked up what every watch, and like the cheapest watch was like 150k, and then I think Jay Z was wearing like a seven million dollar watch. So ridiculous! I haven't worn a watch in years, by the way. Does anybody wear watches anymore? I'm sure people do, but my question is like, why? Other than it's kind of a fashion statement. Yeah. So my whole thing is, you want to. L- you wear a watch if you want to look classy, but if I want to look classy, I'm probably wearing a long sleeve <laughs> dress shirt. Therefore, the watch is kind of hard to see. Yeah. You don't wear a watch, right, Lee? No. I mean, I stopped wearing a watch, the, you know, the minute I started carrying a phone every day. Yeah, but you got to you're, – you're not fly unless you're rocking a, uh, a timepiece, my man. Well, couldn't you technically by definition – Call my wa- uh, my my phone a timepiece, my man. I bet you Brittany you doesn't wear have a watch. The ice on the wrist, oh. it can't be in your pocket. Right, it doesn't shine that way. <laughs> All right, uh, in Catch the app, me in the middle of Bel Air Mall. <laughs> <laughs> Brady has more class than that. Nothing to it. Nothing to it, according to our correspondence in the app on pop culture. It's all, all right, just let's put it to bed. Let's put it to bed. All right, we continue. Uh, we might talk some sports today. You never know. Uh, John Garcia is going to join us at 630. I bet you he has a take on Britney Spears. We should ask all our li- all our guests about Britney Spears today. Why? I'm sure they, they have. Don't, uh, they don't care. I'm sure they have opinions. You don't think Travis Ryer has an opinion? Oh, well, I'm Britney. sure everybody has an opinion. All right, then. She's so irrelevant. We just spent... 18 minutes on Britney. You did. You brought it up. You did. It was in your headlines. I had to follow your headline. Which are never on the sheet, I might add. It's like you take the other one. And why is it, why is it, why is the subject dogs, by the way, on my email today? That was an inadvertent mistake. Dogs. I was, because I was taking care of the dog this week. Okay. All right. It's my Um, new new enterprise. Stay with us. Here comes your scoreboard traffic and weather and maybe some Britney songs. It's that kind of day. Stay with us. Hello, this is artist Daniel A. Moore. You are listening to WNSP Sports Radio. Six twenty-five. Welcome back in. Short segment here. Uh, it's the opening kickoff. Mark Lee, Triple G. We're in love with Friday. Lee gets so excited when he finds a new song to play. I do. I do. He I came in before the, the show to tell me he was never going heard to get of the band. Song. Never yeah. heard of the band called the Cure Band. But uh, that song, I've always looked for days of the week. We we got Monday covered. Now I have Friday covered. Have to find something for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. 
Okay. But you hang on. We, we'll we have a Britney Spears song coming up for you. You can't just have a Britney Spears song. No There's so many. You could do a whole show of did Britney Did you ever Spears dance song. to one in your in your youth? In my youth? Yeah. Did you ever dance to any? I've been known to cut a little rug. On a Britney Spears song? Um, did you go over and say, oh, this is my favorite Britney Spears song? This is my song. jam. Can I, can, I, can I have this dance with you, this slow dance on a Britney Spears song? Negative. I, I couldn't tell you one song. Me and said that I'd probably look for security. <laughs> security. <laughs> You'd be looking for Victor's security details. Security. Um, security guards are getting a bad name these days. Why? Man, safe. I think they did their job. Golfing incident up in Canada. Now she's complaining. She got slapped in the face. Glasses knocked off. I like how we mentioned security guard of all time is. I like how we, I like how we mentioned how the glass. She she made it a point yeah. to say her glasses fell off. Like, oh, now it's a big deal. Had the glasses not fallen off, probably wouldn't have oh, had the same impact. Were they broken? Glasses? Would you? Yeah. <laughs> I just can't Poor get over Brittany. this story. What a Poor Brittany. As Victor said, much about not much to do about nothing. That that was his claim afterwards. Like, let's. Why is it such a big deal? The security guard of all time, Kevin Costner. Well, he's got his own issues. What's he got going on? <sighs> I'm trying to think of the best security guard. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Costner was pretty good. What about Clint Eastwood in uh in the Line of Fire? Mm. He got back into the Secret Service at like eighty. What about uh, Gerard Butler? Ooh. Olympus has fallen. Channing Tatum, White House Down, makeshift bodyguard. Same movie. They were just different actors in slightly different script. The best bodyguards. Lee, what's going on with Kevin Costner? I'll tell you off the air. There's too much going on to say it on the air. Dang. Too much. He's in a very, very messy divorce. Who's he married to? his ex won't leave the house. Uh, as you know, he's coming off of uh, his TV show, I guess. I don't even know if he's going to finish the fifth year of uh, Yellowstone. I'm not sure he's even going to finish. And then there's a, the talk that Matthew McConaughey's going to replace him. All right. He he's wants to go into in other stuff. He's got other show. westerns he's working <laughs> on. But he is involved in a very messy, messy divorce, as most of them are out in La La Land. Hmm. La La Land, great movie. I didn't. I didn't mind it actually. See, I'm not even a big musical guy. Yeah. It's a good one. All right, best bodyguard movies. Oh, duh! <laughs> we missed the obvious one. Ryan Reynolds, the hitman's bodyguard. Oh. Uh. Yeah, he might be better. I never watched that. Oh, it's such a good one. Do not watch the sequel, though. It's terrible. Okay. What about Denzel? Man on Fire. Mm. Although you could argue he was a terrible bodyguard because the girl got yeah. taken. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Uh, John Garcia is next. Uh, we'll talk to Travis Ryer at 7. Uh, Bob Rathman at 7.30. John Ricchetti, 7.50. Wayne Randazzo at 8. And Danny Cordy at 8.30. A list a mile long, thanks to Lee Shervanian. It's the opening kickoff right here on the Sports Station, WNSP.
possession that's taken out to left. Kiner Falefa back in the corner. It's gone. What a start for Gunnar Henderson. What a start for the Orioles. 6.32. Welcome back in on a Friday edition of the opening kickoff. Mark Lee, Triple G, in the studios of WNSP. Thanks for hanging with us. Yeah, that was uh, Gunnar Henderson, the uh, Montgomery, Alabama native who uh, came up in the majors last year, had a fantastic game, Mark. He had like four hits and two homers before the fifth inning even started. Yankee fans got a lot of, a lot of rambunctious yesterday. They were kind of booing their team after the 14-1 to defeat. By the way, this segment brought to you by South Alabama Athletics, connecting the city to the campus back in Hancock-Whitney Stadium, September 9th. Uh, get your tickets at usajaguars.com slash tickets. Uh, we'll take your phone calls at 694-1055. Uh, on, on because of the whole uh, Victor Winbanyama, Britney Spears thing, we're asking you for the best fictitious bodyguard in all of Hollywood. You can hit us up in the app at WNSP.com, and we'll take your calls in just a little bit. Let's talk to John Garcia now, uh, Rivals. He, he knows everything about recruiting. It's so glad to have him on. John, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? Hey, good morning, fellas. Doing well. How about y'all? I uh, I let in here about South Alabama. They had like a rash of commitments about a week ago, up to ten now. Do you know anything about some of the talent that they're getting uh, verbals from? Yeah, look, this is it's sort of commitment season, right? I think we've seen several hundred verbal commitments come in over the end of June into July, and South Alabama is one of those that's taken advantage as well. Um, and you understand it, right? You know, they had a bunch of official visitors get down to Mobile. And, and look, you're obviously capitalizing on some local talent on top of it, right? You, you read some of the schools where these kids have committed, and it's, it's what you want to see from a fan standpoint. You want to see Theodore in there. You want to see, you know, South Mississippi schools into southern Louisiana in addition to that greater 251 area. So you're getting those boxes checked, and then you're beating some Power 5 schools along the way. And that's really, to me, the sign of a program that is not only consistently rising, but one that has an opportunity to maintain. You know, Jared Holland, the quarterback from Mary G. Montgomery, I think he's a guy who a lot of people looked at as maybe an athlete or project quarterback, but at South Alabama, you could sell that as, hey, don't go move around somewhere else. Stay home, play quarterback, and develop and, and sort of become the face of this program. So I think that was a big reason that he picked uh, South Alabama over NC State, over Boston College, some of these other schools that were thinking maybe quarterback, maybe receiver, 6'4", 190 pounds. You understand why some of those schools were looking at some, some multiple positions. Uh, and then the other, I think, gem on this list is Kamari McClure. He's a guy who's out of Goshen High School in state, um, a guy who was a late riser, uh, Six months ago, not a lot of schools talking about him. I think he just picked up his first scholarship offers this spring. But an intriguing running back who had a huge run in the off-season camp and combine circuit. I was told he threatened sub-4-4 40-yard dash times at different camps to the point where some SEC schools were very much keeping tabs on him looking into the future. So for South Alabama to secure him, in the summer months before, you know, other schools could basically continue to vet him, I thought was a really big deal as well. And again, another indicator that this program is not only headed in the right direction, but they got some opportunities to maintain this 
double-digit win success that we saw them have last year. A while back, Perry Thompson, the wide receiver from Foley, committed to Alabama, but it seems like he's been taking trips up to Auburn, and I, I read where he may take another one. How is this thing going as far as you as you see? Do you think there's a chance he may change? Yeah, I think so. You know, we wrote a flip watch uh, feature on Rivals earlier this week, and, and Perry was one of the five guys that I had uh, centerpiece in the feature. There's no doubt that you've got to continue to watch these visits. You know, the early commitment to Alabama, as you mentioned, but just continues to visit Auburn. He's become a huge priority for Hugh Freeze and Marcus Davis. And you could argue in the last week, the level of importance for Auburn with Perry Thompson has probably increased because the number one receiver in the state, Cam Coleman, who was right down the road from Auburn at Central Phoenix City, he committed to Texas A&M, which was probably the surprise commitment nationally back on the 4th of July. So if anything, Auburn has even more onus to try to flip Perry Thompson as, as sort of the face of their class of 2024. You know, Perry's saying the right things about Alabama. But he continues to say that he is solid, but he continues to take trips to Auburn, as you mentioned, official visit earlier this month. And he's going to return or earlier in the summer, and he's going to return at the end of this month for the only visit window before the season starts. And he's going to spend more time on the planes at their Big Cat Weekend, which is naturally their biggest off-season recruiting event. So I think where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, it's too many visits to ignore from the Alabama side of this thing. So it could be close to coin flip status. You know, Perry has admitted that. If anything does happen with Alabama, Auburn is, is a place where he's incredibly comfortable. So there's a lot of tea leaves to suggest that this flip candidate is one to watch basically all the way through signing day. John Garcia with Rivals. Well, let me, you, you kind of alluded to my next question here. So you, uh, Auburn had targeted Coleman. He went to Texas A&M. They also lost out on this big lineman in Georgia who Georgia is reeling in. Like, I think they got like 22 verbals. But I'm curious, should Auburn fans feel at least some level of excitement that Auburn's at least considered these days, even though they're not maybe getting everybody they want, but at least they're in the mix as opposed to maybe when Brian Harson was there and their name wasn't even mentioned? Yeah, I guess from a moral standpoint, you, you want to take uh, you know the hat on the table versus not even being a player in the game. Certainly understand that approach. But look, I think it works both ways because the expectations are increased with Hugh Freeze, especially from a recruiting standpoint. So I do think it, it created sort of a let's get back to what we're used to feeling with the Auburn fan base. Uh, so missing on some of these high-profile targets still does sting, especially those close to home. I mean, you talk to an Auburn fan and you say, hey, there's a big-time recruit at Central Phoenix City. Can we grab him? That answer has been no for a very long time, despite it being you know, 30 minutes down the road from campus itself. So there was a sense that with Cam Coleman being a receiver and Hugh Freeze being so offensively oriented that he was going to be maybe the guy to, to get over that hump uh, at that prestigious high school, but it didn't look like that that's going to happen at this point. Though, again, it's July. Auburn's going to continue to recruit Cam Coleman and, and a lot of these other targets that maybe they've missed on. And they have hit on some defensively. I thought D.J. Barber from Clay Chalkwell was a really nice pickup over the last few days. They're in position to add to the secondary here really soon as well. So I think defensively, they're probably recruiting at or above expectation. It's just on the other side of the ball. I do think their fans with Hugh Freeze in place are craving for that splash recruit. They got QB1 on board early and Walker White out of Arkansas. 
And since then, it's been a, just a little bit quiet on that big name front. Uh, and again, especially with, with Cam Coleman coming off the board, I do think it just sort of brings that fan base a little bit back to earth uh, relative to what we're, we're seeing with that, with that production over the last few years. But overall, look, Hugh Freeze and that staff going to get it right offensively, at least from an effort and consistency standpoint. And as you guys know, that's as big as anything when it comes to recruiting. So George is up to about 22 verbals. They just got in another offensive lineman. Are they like right now the number one or number two class going into 2024? And as a second part, where does Alabama stand right now? Yeah, look, Georgia's sort of uh, running away with this thing, as you mentioned. You know, 22 verbal commitments. There's a couple other guys that are coming off the board this week that Georgia's in very good position for, particularly along the offensive line. So I think they're actually going to add to this class of, of 2024. Uh, so, yeah, everyone's looking up there uh, at the Bulldogs. Although Ohio State uh, ha- had a big splash over the last few days as well, picking up a couple defensive recruits. They're right there on Georgia's heels at number two uh, for the battle there at the top. Uh, they've got the volume. They've got the numbers. Alabama is a, a bit of a slower starter. We've seen this over the last few years. Um, Ten verbal commitments at this point. So they don't have the numbers in some of these algorithms, depending on where you're looking at recruiting rankings, to compete for the number one spot right now. But just like we saw last cycle, and, and we've seen time and time again, Bama's in it for the long haul. You know, they're not going to stay lower outside the top 25 for very long. They're going to continue to climb. And there's a lot of prospects now coming into focus that Alabama's in very good shape to contend for. Uh, so I do think Alabama's going to sort of slowly climb all the way through uh, the rest of the summer and certainly into the fall. So uh, take a screenshot right now, I guess, if, if you're not an Alabama fan, so you can laugh at them. But uh, in a few weeks and certainly in a few months, uh, it's all going to correct itself. And when we get closer to December, Alabama's going to be right up in there trying to compete with Georgia with Ohio State, with Notre Dame, and some of these other top classes. They just don't have the numbers right now at 10 verbal commitments uh, to date. All right. With Texas and Oklahoma ready to join the SEC in 2024, have you seen evidence yet that the the move to the conference has helped their recruiting for 2024? I think so, uh, particularly geographically. We're seeing Texas and Oklahoma work better in the traditional SEC footprint. Look, Texas has always been able to go anywhere and compete. You know, I don't want to make it seem like it's just because of the SEC, but I think Oklahoma in particular, we're seeing more consistency in the Tampa area, um, up in Jacksonville, up in Atlanta. We're, We're just seeing them effort a little bit more in the traditional SEC footprint where they they were more pick and prod under previous administrations. So I think we're seeing just a little bit more, I guess, ambition from these coaching staffs to go out and recruit these states a little bit more consistently. And some of the recent wins for both programs, kids have directly cited the SEC as as part of the reason. You know, Jordan Johnson, Rubel, one of the best players at IMG Academy, just committed to Texas the other day. And he said, yeah, you know, now – that was sort of the outlier with Texas. He was looking at a lot of SEC schools, and then early in his recruitment, it was like, well, Texas isn't in there yet. Well, now that that box is checked for that school, it just makes it easier to sort of jump in uh, and and not worry about it compared to some of these other offers. So it's absolutely having um, an impact in terms of the overall impact. I think we got to wait a little bit, right? Obviously, both of those programs have some on-field work to do 
to sort of match their recruiting expectations, but the resources, um, those coaching staffs in general, they're very recruiting-based and recruiting-laden. So talent isn't going to be the issue. I think some recruits have more a question of how can these schools compete once they get into the SEC. So that's a little bit of a different conversation. All right, before I let you go, anything this weekend, the next couple of days that you see happening with Alabama and or Auburn? Yeah, uh, Jalen Carter's a, a prospect in Georgia who's going to come off the board here soon. Auburn's in a really great shape there for him uh, at corner. He's a Parkview kid, so keep an eye on that one. From the Alabama perspective, Caleb Odom, one of the top tight end receiver hybrids in the country. He's coming off the board July 15th. Alabama's in a really good shape there. Uh, and then you never know. There's always some prospects that are moving up the process. Uh, to try to get these decisions in because everybody wants to sort of be committed before the season begins. So I see both Alabama and Auburn adding to that commitment list this month and maybe even more so uh, going into the season starting uh, in August. So I think stock is still up for both of those programs. John Garcia, hey, man, are you team Victor Winbanyama or, or team Britney Spears here? <laughs> God. Um, lately, I've been team uh, anything but Britney Spears. Uh, but look, hey, I'm, I'm glad she was stepping out a, a little bit. So I'll, I'll go team Britney for the comeback. We, we like a good comeback in this country. So I'll go on that side for now. I love it. Uh, for those that uh, want to read all about your take on Britney or recruiting, how should they go about <laughs> doing that? Yeah, real simple. Rivals.com, top football and, and basketball coverage uh, out there. And then we're on Twitter as well, of course. John Garcia underscore JR for all the day-to-day. -day. Hey, have a, good, uh, have a good weekend. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, fellas. Take care. All right, so uh, when we come back, we have an open segment. We can get back to our favorite bodyguards of all time. Uh, Victor, apparently, he's got some pretty good ones. You Somebody mentioned, you mentioned Kevin Costner, right, Lee? So the... Uh, Divorce is hit a little bit of a snag because his wife, or soon-to-be ex-wife, is really upset about uh, the child support she's getting. It's not enough. My question to you guys is how much would be enough for a month? Whatever you think it is, it ain't. I got the number right in front of me. I'll share with you when we come back right here on this. Don't be peeking. Don't be peeking. I, I already know what it is. Oh, do you, smart guy? Yeah, I do know All what right. it is. It's more than your Chick-fil-A gift cards. I can assure you of that, sir. Stay with us. It's the opening kickoff. member of the Auburn family. When I'm in Mobile, I listen to WNSP 105.5. there for you lee she uh, that's she, actually some of britney's newer stuff which is still ancient but she in your top 10 of what recording artists musicians uh singers. probably not female singers how's that <laughs> top five <laughs> well she's not my top 10 she's not my top five i'm, I'm trying to get, I, i'm condensing it now how about louisiana female pop singers yes definitely sure right. i'm trying to give her some credence um 
Oh, so, okay, so you brought up, by the way, we're talking about best bodyguards ever, fictitious or otherwise, uh, on this, because of this whole Victor Wimbanyama, Britney Spears thing. But you brought up, I don't even know how we got on the Kevin well, Costner conversation. You, you were talking about bodyguards or something, and oh, then right. Kevin Costner came up, and I'm saying... Traditionally a tough bodyguard. He is uh, obviously the star of one of the biggest shows going these days, but he's now... There's been all kinds of stories that he's not going to finish out the fifth year, and they haven't finished out the fifth year yet. It's not coming out until next November, I think. But he is involved in a very, very messy divorce. So his uh, his wife is saying the child support that that he is proposing is not nearly enough for him for her and the kids. I don't know how many how many kids they have. 3. 3 kids. Apparently 51,940 bucks a month is not enough. And she claims Costner spends 240 grand a month on himself and the kids. A month. You know what one of Costner's responses was? And, I, and I, I saw this in print. He says, I don't want to keep giving her money so she can go out and get her nails done. Yeah. No, dude, dude spends 240 grand a month. I wouldn't even know where to start. But here's the other thing, too, Mark. They have this big, luxurious house. They've lived yeah. in it since they were married. He's not in there now. The part, the part that's intriguing is that she was given a month to clear out. She hasn't done it yet. She's giving all the reasons why she's been told not to leave the house. So he's not there. It's his house. Well, let's say that it's part his house. So the kids and the women and the and the female are living there. She's supposed to be out of there. That's why I'm saying it's gotten very, very messy. Now, I know Costner's probably got a whole bunch of houses everywhere. So he's not, like, living off the streets. But uh, that's what makes it even more. Now, th this is not... Atypical. I mean, this is not unusual for Hollywood divorces. I had read where she was getting thirty-eight thousand. So you say it's up to fifty-one now? Yeah, but she's saying that's just not enough for the life that the kids are accustomed, accustomed to. to. But you ought to see what some of the things they're are. They're used that to living at the beach in a gated neighborhood. Two things she can't find at fifty-two k a month. Yeah, you probably could. And she needs it for more than just rent. She said, uh, and. Like utilities and TV bills. I mean, they must be streaming everything. On they, they, the never, they never mention food or clothing in these things. Yeah, it's always these luxurious items or vacations or so forth. Well, um, she requested two hundred and forty-eight k a month, a month, and uh, Costner's people are saying that those expenses include more than a hundred k for her own cosmetic procedures oh. and boutique shopping. I know. What, what age were the kids again? Uh, I don't they're, know. They're basically, I think they're like around, fifth, I'm guessing, 15, 16, something like that. And it, it varies. Well, I think there's a teenager or two in there. Much longer, I mean, they've been yeah, married for a while. In. I mean, it's not like a, one of these quick marriages. They've been married for a long time. Hmm. And he's got other children who have grown up. She, yeah, he had, Lee, Lee just... Got the 411 on Hollywood. Uh, according to Google, he has uh, seven kids total. They have three kids together. Uh, one is 13. I'm doing the math. The other is 14, and the other is 16. Lee nailed it. Lee is like our Entertainment Tonight correspondent. 
Well, I'm kind of disappointed he's going to leave the show, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, but I, he says he wants to do it because he wants to get involved with some other Westerns that he's uh, putting together. Okay. The, the, this, oh this whole thing, Yellowstone, <laughs> has become incredible. It, it's already morphed into, what, 1980 or 1883, and then Harrison Ford's <laughs> in, what, 1923. They've already got two that have taken off on this, and they're now looking at other avenues for this uh, uh, Yellowstone, just as long as they, they keep the female in there. Who's the female? You but, like the female? Well, she. remember we, we talked about this the uh, a couple months ago. If, if you had to date either two or three of the um, the women in Ozark or Kevin Costner's daughter in Yellowstone, <laughs> which one would you least want to go out with? Because <laughs> they're all nuts. Oh, okay. And who remember, did you say? Oh, for me? Yeah. Oh, I the one that uh, the one that killed her husband in Ozark. I forgot her name. Remember? Okay. We talked about that. You remember the one, the female that ran the marijuana farm? Oh, 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 um, Darlene. Dar. No. Wh- yes, and, and she killed her husband, and then. It, it, and she okay, told, for the record, I don't remember what I said back then, but she would. I, not, she was certifiable. You said right. It. She and was certifiable. All nuts. of that is all true, but that those would be the the least of my issues with with Darlene. What were some of the other issues? The fact that she killed her husband is not the major issue. No, no, no. That 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 that. Uh, no, I'm just there's. Not with a. I assume what's the saying? Not with a tin. I know you watched those are, but I'm assuming no. you didn't see. Uh, I, I've never seen Yellowstone. Okay, you'd have to see the sister is just a wacko. Okay, I don't know how better to put it, but she's always in somebody's face, and she's got Pause. issues. She's got issues. <laughs> she's got issues. Beth Dutton or Beth, that? It's Beth. All right, just based on Google search image searches alone. I would certainly, I, I feel like she would be more of a, uh, an option. Mate, Mary, kill. The two uh, <laughs> girls from Ozark and the girl from Yellowstone. Yeah. Yeah, we, we identified three in Yellowstone. There was Darlene. Then, of course, who was the, uh, the one with the frizzy hair? Ruth. Ruth. And then the wife. Uh, she was Bateman's nuts. Wife. Yeah. She was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Out of the Shadows. <laughs> <laughs> so of the four, the most random. La- Laura Lenny? Turtles out there? Laura Lenny? Yeah. That Look is the up. most random movie reference I've ever heard. <laughs> I've heard a lot of movie references. <laughs> All right, Travis Ryers next. Hour number two includes Bob Rathman, uh, John Ricchetti, and Alec Neiman. We're booked all, all hour. I'll see you in hour number three. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Seven oh four. 
the opening kickoff mark and lee hour number two here on a friday edition continue with your comments in the app at wnsp.com and of course we'll take your phone calls a little bit later in the show all right let's talk some alabama football no yes maybe negative <laughs> negative all right, uh, we're trying to we're efforting uh, Travis Ryer from twenty four seven. All right, some of the headlines while we wait for that. So tonight, Victor Wambiana is going to make his debut uh, in the United States in that summer league, and good programming. They got him against Charlotte and Brandon Miller. So now Brandon Miller's played a couple of games this week. He's been averaging, I think, more fouls than points, but there's that. And Victor gets his uh, game, but he's now in the news because of what happened yesterday, which we talked about in the first hour. We'll continue to pursue about uh, Britney Spears complaining that she got backslapped <laughs> and trying to reach out and touch him and uh, wanted a photo. And then she says a security guard pushed her away and so forth so she filed a police report police did investigate they're not saying what they found or whatever they did name the bodyguard that was involved uh victor said he didn't know anything about who she was until he got to his hotel room okay with that being a story let's check in with travis ryer from 24 7 always great to have travis on good morning sir how are you today I'm great. How are you guys? Wonderful. Really appreciate you taking time to join us. So we talked with John Garcia, who updates us on recruiting, and he, you know, we know George has got about 22 already signed. Well, not signed, of course, but committed. Alabama's around 10. Should Alabama fans, as we say every year at this point, be concerned? No, I don't think so. Not quite yet. I think they've got a potential stretch coming up here that could very well push them into the mid-teens. Uh, as far as commitments are concerned, uh, a couple interior offensive linemen that they really like are uh, set to announce here in the next month or so, next few weeks to the next month. Uh, and then they picked up a couple commitments here in the last week. Jameer Grimsley, a cornerback from Tampa, Florida, committed to Alabama. Long athletic prospect, a guy who really stands out on both sides of the ball at the high school level, whether it's a wide receiver or as a defensive back. And then um, Isaiah. Uh, Fonga, the defensive lineman uh, from Phoenix City that they flipped from Utah, uh, which is a little bit more of a of a victory than maybe some people might imagine because he actually has family ties to that coaching staff out at Utah and very active 6'2", 285-pound defensive tackle. And so they're in, they're in about the type of shape they're typically in this time of year, this time of the calendar. So, no, I don't think it's time to panic just yet. Talk about recruiting. Do you like where Alabama basketball is going? I know there was, you know, concerned about losing Betty Arco, and uh, he didn't even get drafted. I think, he, I guess he signed, but, the, you know, the height and the length and all that, and, of course, Clowney gone and Brandon Miller, but it seems like he I, he's pulling in some big kids, and, of course, you never know how this is going to work out, though, until they start playing the game, but apparently he's brought in enough height. Yeah, I think uh, in the front court, they've done some of their very best work here in the last three work weeks. When you talk about Grant Nelson, the transfer from North Dakota State at 6'11", Jaron Stevenson, the 6'10", 6'9", 6'10", forward, who reclassified to the class of 2023 out of North Carolina. Uh, and then Muhammad Wagi, uh, the post from West Virginia, uh, 6'10", that they went and got out of the transfer portal, too. So. That loss of Betty Ako, a big one, literally and figuratively. Uh, but they've done a lot to sort of 
reconstruct that front court. And of course, they bring Nick Pringle back too from last year. So uh, add it up, and and they've reset that situation pretty nicely. Travis Ryer joining us from 24-7. So, Travis, of course, as we get closer and closer to SEC media days, you know, we're sending up rookies this year to Nashville. We're, we're sending in people who are going for the first time. Any advice on questions you might ask Nick Saban? Yeah, tell them to be sure to ask him first and foremost about a depth chart. You know, that <laughs> needs to be the first question uh, that is asked by the newbies. Um, talk about hazing. Uh, newcomers that would that would probably qualify so certainly want to ask about the depth chart and as many hypotheticals as they can come up with those always work well too i was going to say i was going to suggest blending them together just say hypothetically if you were to have a depth chart today what would it look like yeah exactly and can we have one yeah <laughs> you, you have one to pass out can, can i add this that what would, are your that would that would work Travis, can I add this? What are your expectations for this year? Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. And you national can, championship or bust? Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that where it is right now? And you can can you compare this team to another team you've coached recently? I, I think right. I, I think right. it might be the shortest interview in, in 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 Alabama football history. Yeah, yeah, it would be tough. That would be uh, that would be great. So certainly pass that along. Are, are you planning to attend? I am not. You know, we've got a full crew going. Uh, we recently merged with On3, and, uh, you know, we've got uh, double the staff that we typically had. And essentially what I write about is what Nick Saban pretty much says in the main room. So I can get that and, and be able to uh, – I, I don't know if there's any more scene setting that needs to be done at SEC Media Days than what we've seen over the last two or three decades. Hey, let me ask you something hypothetically, all right? Alabama has, you know, we, we talked about this at length uh, during the conversations about the future SEC schedules. And one of the, uh, well, uh, issues that uh, uh, Byrne brought up was the fact that Alabama has booked a lot of key non-conference games down the road, Wisconsin, I think Notre Dame's on there. Maybe even Ohio State. Ohio State, yeah. Yeah. So West Virginia's coming up. So, yeah. do you think they're and in lieu of the fact that obviously they're staying with the eight games for 2024, but after that, we don't know, and it might go to nine. Do you think Alabama will continue to pursue games like that? I think they will. I think they'll have one of those games. Uh, it was getting to the point where it was looking like they might have two uh, in a season. Uh, assuming they were going to stick with eight conference games. But this has sort of been my concern um, all along since the, the talk about going to nine, potentially ten conference games with future scheduling that is already in place where the non-conference is concerned. And you talk about uh, competitive balance. Uh, you know, you don't control uh, the other teams in your league's non-conference schedule. So if you're getting um, – you know, sort of big-eyed and going after the Ohio State and the Notre Dames, uh, and maybe one of your opponents is scheduling, uh, let's say, you know, North Carolina State, uh, a, a power five, uh, but certainly not of the ilk of maybe some of these other programs uh, that you're looking at, um, you know, that can become a, a problem perhaps where the college football playoff is concerned, and that's understanding that strength of schedule plays into all this too. But, yeah, I think that was always going to be sort of the – potential hang-up 
And I think what they're doing right now is trying to give themselves some time as member institutions in the league to sort of figure out some of that stuff as far as future scheduling that's already in place. Travis, uh, are you Team Brittany or Team Winbanyama? Oh, gosh, man. I'm just glad Brandon Miller didn't have an issue with Miley Cyrus or something. <laughs> you know? Kind of where I'm at on it. Yeah, that's a pretty good call. Uh, uh, Mark Ingram, man, are you, are you more open to the idea of uh, tuning into the Fox Big, big Noon kickoff now? Not really. I mean, <laughs> I'm just not. A, I'm just, I mean, I love Mark. Mark will be great. Yeah. Um, I have no doubt. But, you know, I've, I I think I have three games to be yeah. um, with, with a lot of these programs because they have just become so massive. You know, three hours and, you know, Tom Rinaldi, I only have so many tears. Yeah. So, uh, it, it's something that I, I usually, if, if I'm around and able to watch, I don't really crank up my Saturday college football until right about 11 a.m. Central. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll skip around a little bit, check in, but I, I'm not a, I'm not a hardcore when it comes to the college football pregame shows. Well, if people are looking for hardcore Alabama content, where can they go? BamaOnline.com, of course, it's just BamaOnline.com now. We're at the On3 Network. Put it in, you'll find us. Uh, as simple as that. Hey, man, have a good weekend. Thank you for the time. Thanks, guys. Take care. Yep. Do you know what time that game is tonight, that uh, miller Wimbiana clash tonight between the Spurs and Charlotte? Um, I can tell you. Tell me. Yeah, I'm curious. I may tune in a little bit of that just to see him, Victor, see if Brittany's sitting there. Sitting courtside? Yeah, tickets, free tickets. Instead of apology, they give her tickets to the game. I understand these games draw well. Okay, so um, it appears they are playing on ESPN around uh, 7 o'clock, if that's an Eastern time on that. I think it's 7. So there you go. I wasn't really exaggerating when I said about Brandon Miller averaging almost as many fouls. He's had 15 fouls, I think, in the two games and a total of 20 points. Yeah. Well, you know, he's trying to feel his way through. He's trying to get a – he's learning. And as we pointed out this week, in this summer league, you can get up to 10 fouls before you're disqualified. Yes. And I'm okay with that. It's a learning experience. Yeah, so we're talking about a number of – Hot button issues: Britney Spears, uh, Kevin Costner, Kim Kardashian, and, and Tom Brady. These are all huge sports topics today on a Friday. Uh, we're asking for the uh, because of the Victor Winbanyama and the uh, Britney Spears issue. We're also asking you for the best fictitious bodyguards ever, which kind of got us going on Kevin Costner and his issue at, at the house. I'm, I'm I think I know the answer, but let's say you went into a restaurant and you saw a celebrity. I mean, would you actually? trail a celebrity and, and, and touch him or reach out and grab him. I, I can't imagine people doing stuff like that, especially somebody who's... Well, to be fair to Brittany, I don't think she was like, oh, I got to get me a piece of that. Let me grab him. I think she was just trying to get his attention to turn around and get a pick Well, with. then you get in front of him so she he could see her. I think that would have worked out better, but I still think if you're going to do it, and she should know better because she's been at the other end of this, wait until the guy sits down and, and then they're seated and maybe go up and say, hi, I'm Brittany Spears. I'd like to meet you. <laughs> I think that would have gone a little bit better. Maybe. Hello. I'm I Brittany. Brittany Spears. Yeah. I would like to meet you. Yeah. 
AI over there doing the uh And by the, the way, intros. who are you? Yeah. <laughs> by the way, what's your name? Yeah, that's the other thing. I seriously doubt she even knew who that dude was. I think one of her people told her. How do you not know the greatest NBA draft prospects of all time? Since the greatest LeBron. ever. Ever. Like the best people. In the past twenty years. Hmm. <laughs> Nobody has been. Somebody in the app agrees with Lee. How about that? Does your podcast? Oh no, I'm not going to say this. I I don't want Nick's Nick's been too good this week. And in fact, without you here next week, I have to depend on him. So I better not say anything. No, say it, Lee. No, I'm not going to say. Say it, Lee. No, say it. Nope. I'm like Sam Kennison. Say it. No. Say it. No, no, no. It it was kind of. What are you yellow? Was it? It wasn't nice. Ooh, all the more reason to say it on this show. Come on, we know it's everything's fair game when we're on the air, and then we laugh about it off the air. Come on. He can take a joke. Go ahead. Does your podcast have any credibility? Yes. Ooh, yeah, burn! Get him! Just as much credibility as uh, this show. Ooh, mortar fire incoming, incoming, take cover! Oh, so you hit him on his way out. Is that what you do, Nick? Oh, that wasn't about me. He was talking to you. Oh, to me? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All, right. all, all of our shows have credibility. They're all under the WNSP brand umbrella. And what could be more credible than that? See, we're all getting on. The first sports station. FM, FM Sports. Yeah, yeah. In America. That's us. Don't Spe- Wikipedia that though. Sp- speaking of sports, uh, uh, Commando Two, Arnold Schwarzenegger going to reprise his role as John Matrix. How Somebody about that? Ma- making up for next week, Mark. Yeah, you're gotta, on a roll. Got to get it all in. Yeah, well, yeah, you, you really first are. of all, you brought up Kevin Costner's uh, uh, messy but breakup, a, but he's an athlete or okay. was. What sport did he play? Baseball. Like professionally. I'm not. I think he did. I'm not sure though. I'd have to Google it. But uh, he looked good in that movie when he pitched. <laughs> Didn't he throw yeah. a no hitter? Uh, yeah. Or was it for, a perfect? Was it a perfect game? Perfect game for love of the game. Yeah. And Bob, Billy Billy Chapel. Yeah. Billy and Bob Costas was announcing. He did that. He did Field of Dreams. Bull yep. Durham. That, that that fits nicely into a sports show. Ten Cup. He was a golfer. Draft day. Draft day. He was a GM. So the only thing missing you is... You pancake-eating. All right, we need to do a scoreboard traffic and weather because we got to talk to our guy, Alec Naiman. I got a good one for him. Oh, I can't wait. I do. Okay. Now, you know the pressure's on now to deliver when you when you, when you you tell us it's going to be a good one. Well, different. It's a little bit get, different. Get the sounder ready for an applause or a boo <laughs> or something. <laughs> the opening kickoff continues. We're going to talk to Alec Naiman, Bob Rathman. Apparently, he's got some insider info for us on the in-season tournament, the he's NBA. Tell you everything you wanted to know. And then John Ricchetti, Wayne Randazzo. Man, boom, 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 boom. Left out Dan Cordy. Well, we do get uh, a quick little break there where we get to do your Chick-fil-A. Why am I even here? It's the opening kickoff. Continue your comments in the app. Hi, this is Saran Stacy. You're listening to WNSB 105.5. All right, 
726, you hear the music, you know what that means, Lee. I know it's time for Alec Name and Naaman's Catering, of course, Alec, very much involved in food. Alec, good morning, how are you today? Yes, doing great. All right, yeah. I wanted to ask you, in lieu of the big event this week, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, if you ever had to be involved in an eating contest, what would be your food of choice if you ever decided to do something like that, or if you did in the past? I'm a Matlock fan, so I do love hot dogs, okay? I like my chili and my cheese and my kraut money. I really like a good hot dog. So I, I, would, I don't know if I could just eat the hot dog and the bread. I got to have some mustard, and I got to have everything on it, you know? So I don't know if I could eat a hundred of those things, but I'd give it a try, you know? <laughs> have you ever? Well, we do have some fishing going on. We've got the deep sea fishing rodeo coming up in a couple of weeks, and that ought to be a lot of fun. I like that because people always call me. And I give them some recipes for how to cook all the different things they catch and, you know, stuff like that. So I like the deep sea fishing rodeo. And, uh, you know, of course, I like the liars contest because nobody can lie that good. You know, I can pick them all out after them in a heartbeat. You know, we got that. My Jags are looking good. They got a pretty good recruiting class. Football come up in about, I don't know, 50 days or so. But we, we've got all kind of stuff. Our freezer's full of casseroles. we got gumbos, all that kind of stuff. We're doing a lot of corporate lunches, a lot of corporate events, a little employee appreciation. So you need something, just call us, 473-3900. Look us up on the web at namenscatering.com. And, of course, give us a like on Facebook because we like that kind of stuff. Y'all, y'all try to have a good weekend. I love the rain, okay? I hated that 100-degree weather, but I love the rain. So y'all, y'all have a great weekend. Go Jags. Okay, I'm starting to feel it. Thank you, Alec. Have a great weekend. Appreciate it. That's uh, Alec Naaman, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Bob Rathman is next. He's got some information for us, I think, on the NBA in-season tournament that we were talking about yesterday. Uh, continue with your comments in the app. Uh, we spent a lot of time talking about Brittany and uh, Winbinyama, and... Uh, which started talking about fictitious bodyguards, the best bodyguards out there, which started talking about Kevin Costner and child support payments and how ridiculous that amount of money is. I mean, we've been all over it today. And Lee has been our source for all of it because he's got his finger on the pulse. And then we started debating between the pros and cons of the female characters of Yellowstone versus Ozark. It's been one of those days. But now we'll talk sports. It's the opening kickoff. With the 15th pick in the 2023 NBA Draft, the Atlanta Hawks select... Uh, my name's Kobe Bufkin, and I'm going to Atlanta Hawks. There are guys who, who love the game, and then there's guys who are in love with the game. This is a guy that is in love with the game. I mean, it's something that, as a kid, you dream about, put the work in to do so, and it finally happens, so... All right, 7.32 here on a Friday edition. Thanks for hanging with us on the opening kickoff. Mark, Lee, Triple G, all in the studios of WNSP. All right, uh, we hope to be talking basketball, and in particular with this, uh, as we talked about yesterday, the in-season tournament. Adam Silver is going to release details. But Bob Rathman, the voice of the Atlanta Hawks, is on the line with me right now. My good buddy, Bob, good morning. How are you today? Hey, Lee. Hey, Mark. How you guys doing? Mark, answer him. 
Uh, we're doing great. That's How it. about that? Come on. Bob, uh, you want to just jump in with us. Are you team Victor Wimbanyama or are you team Britney Spears on this whole big topic of conversation oh, today? Team, I'm team Britney Spears all the way. <laughs> <laughs> do you think Victor knew who? No. Do, do you even think Victor uh, knows who Britney Spears was before somebody told him later in the day that it was indeed Britney Spears that grabbed him, touched him, whatever? Probably Probably not. Yeah. But he's been in Vegas like 24 hours. He should have a pretty good handle on, <laughs> on who the stars are. And, and of course, Bob, appearing. you have to go on your travels. You have to go through this a lot, too, with uh, crowds of people rushing at you and tapping you on the shoulder. Oh, all the time. It's such a pain. Yeah. Of course, you got Dominique Wilkins to protect you, don't you? Well, I do. I, in fact, I usually walk in behind Nick, so he gets all the attention, and then I can just kind of sneak off to the elevator. Kind of works out better that way. That's very smart thinking. Look, I need your help. Mark's (laughs) going away. He's going to miss Adam Silver's uh, conference to announce this in-season tournament. (laughs) Bob, we speculated. We don't know. Give us the details, as far as you know, what this in-season tournament uh, entails, and why are they even doing it? Well, this is the Adam Silver Cup. Fellas, this is something the commissioner has wanted. He has really been the driving force behind it. He's the only one that I think is excited about it. And it's really not a tournament, per se. What they're going to do to generate interest in the first two months of the season before they get to Christmas is they're going to take the 15 teams in the Eastern Conference, the 15 teams in the West, and divide them into three five-team pods, regardless of division. So, for example, the Hawks could be grouped with, say, Boston, Detroit, uh, Orlando. There'll be a mishmash. Those are your teams. And what will happen over the first two months of the season is that games that you would normally play, okay, so the Hawks would play Detroit and Orlando – would come here those games will be played as regular season games that you would normally see but they will be designated as a tournament game and the outcome will feed into this tournament at the end and from what i've been told what they will do is take the six winners of these pods okay for six teams with the best record, and then two wild cards, and those eight teams will then play a quarterfinal, one game, and those four winners will go to Vegas December 7th and play uh, uh, semifinals, have an off day on the 8th, and play again on the 9th for the uh, quote-unquote championship. Okay, That's your in-season tournament. Now, Keep in mind that every team is going to play its regular allotment of 82 games. The only teams that will play an 83rd game will be the two in the championship. What will happen over the course of this, the running of the tournament is that the games that you would miss will be made up that weekend. So, for example, if the Hawks were scheduled to play Orlando and it didn't happen because of this tournament, 
it would be rescheduled probably on that December the 8th of Friday night to complete your 82 games. But everybody will, at the end of the day, when we get to mid-April, everybody's going to play 82 games. The playoffs will be set as they normally would. There is just an extra game that's going to be played in Vegas on December 9th for this, you know, whatever they end up calling it, the Adam Silver Cup. So why why do the stats, I, I kind of understand now, the stats count up through the semis, but they're not going to carry, carry the stats into the your regular season, right? That, I mean, that's just that, that no, last no, game. No, they'll, they'll all count. All the stats will count. In fact, the 83rd game will count, from what I'm told. What's the incentive for so the this players? Is just, this is, it's something, it just sort of runs concurrent to the regular season until we get to December 7th and 9th, and then it, it, uh, it changes a bit. Like four teams will go to Vegas, and you'll end up with a championship game. That's really the only, the only difference. Uh, these games are regular season games that will be designated this in-season tournament game. So it will carry a little different meaning to it. Like, for example, if we played, uh, say we're in the pod with uh, Brooklyn, you know, and we go up there to play, and they say, okay, that is one of your two in-season tournament road games, okay? So you know that in addition to just being a regular season game, it also carries with it the designation that it's an in-season tournament game. But there's nothing extra special about it. It's just they just determine that that's going to be one of your road games. You play two road and two home. Is there extra money for the players if they win the championship of this in-season tournament? Yes, the rumor has it that the winning team gets $500,000 per player. But I, I don't know what the losing share will be. I'm sure that will be discussed uh, at the press conference tomorrow. I, I, I'm not going to say one way or another until I see it, because we don't have that here in the United States. They say this is kind of like the uh, soccer in Europe where they have these in-season tournaments. Yeah. So I don't know enough about it. We were speculating, could other sports do this? But we have to see how this pans out. Because I, I see where they're going with this, though. Because, as you know, Bob, it, they don't really start talking NBA until Christmas Day, right? But this is going to be before Christmas, so maybe it'll spark some interest. Correct. And and we'll see. I, I have my doubts. I, I, I Canvassing the players uh, last season, they're not too excited about it. I think if you get there, you got a chance to win a half a million dollars. That might might move the needle, but they make so much money now. I don't know that an extra five hundred thousand dollars and a trip to Vegas is really going to move the needle that much. Uh, but look what's going on in the world on December seventh, eighth, and ninth. I mean, you're coming to the end of the college football season. Uh, the NFL is going hot and heavy. I just don't know that it's going to make that big of a dent in the sports scene that we're going to drop everything to watch another game that's a non-playoff game between the Lakers and the Warriors. You know, I, I just don't think that it's going to really have that big of an impact. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that it's something that takes off and is very popular with the fans, but I don't get that sense right now. You know, I tend to agree with you, Bob, but on the flip side, I'm as of today, I'm more likely to tune into that game on December 8th or whenever it is than I would be prior to this announcement, just out of sheer curiosity about it, for sure. Oh, there's no doubt about that. I think it will generate its own interest level. Uh, I just, there's, it's just, 
made up. I mean, yeah. the NBA is a playoff extravaganza. What we just witnessed, those two months of playoff basketball, uh, were absolutely fantastic. Uh, I've never been so energized about a playoff run in both conferences where nothing was given, lower seeds were winning, you had a brand-new champion, a city that has never had a championship, wins it all. It was fantastic. And this just seems to be contrived to me. I, I just don't – I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like you. Yeah, I'm curious to see how it turns out, but I, I, I just don't know. I, I, th- I, I, I have to wait and see on this. I one. think, and I'm purely guessing at this point, but my guess is once those – teams whoever they are get to vegas and they're on the court it's like any other tournament man you don't you don't want to be on the wrong side of the score at the end of a tournament i just wonder how motivated those teams will be in those games that are designated those regular season games that are designated tournament games i think if they look up and they're like hey we made it they'd be like great but i don't think they're they're rolling into chicago or wherever saying man we need this game if we want to be in the running for this tournament title you know what i mean Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we got to, hey, listen, that's Charlotte game. Yeah. Man, that's huge. That's a tournament game. Yeah. It just doesn't, you know, and what if you're going in on a back-to-back? And I, I don't know. It, it, it just, I'm sure we will find out more tomorrow when they make this big announcement because these are questions that everybody in the league is asking. And uh, they deserve to uh, be answered tomorrow. Uh, to see what we're what we're in for, but remember now this all takes place basically in you know mid October to the first of December. Yeah, uh, is when th- this is all going to happen. So maybe it'll spark some interest early. I I don't know. And Bob, for our Hawks listeners, uh, fans, have they improved much during the off season so far? They had the trade. If you want to comment on that or free agent signings. Yeah. Well, it's. Um, I think the the big story um, so far has been the announcement that uh, DeJounte Murray has agreed to terms. Now, none of this could be official until later today, and you'll start you'll start seeing all these trades that were made around the draft uh, be finalized later today because this is that's part of the clock, the NBA clock on the new CBA. But locking up Murray uh, for four years. Uh, is crucial. So now they've got him under contract for this season and four more after that. So that is a big piece uh, to this Hawks team. If they're going to have success, they're going to have to have this work between DJ and Trey in the backcourt. And a lot of people were saying around the draft that, you know, taking Kobe Bufkin out of Michigan was insurance had they lost Murray after a year, that he could move in and sort of take that role. Now, Buffkin can be your backup, it appears, and kind of go from there. But they've got a logjam of players, guys. I mean, they've got they've got 15 under contract. They've got two more on the way when this Houston trade goes down. That gets them up to 17. They've still got uh, Tyrese Martin and V. Krejci, which takes them to 19. They've signed... Their second-round pick, Seth Lundy, he's going to be a two-way guy. They signed another two-way guy. They've got one more two-way spot. You can only carry 21 in the summertime. So I think some more moves are going to be shaken out here in the next few days 
and we'll see what this roster eventually looks like when all is said and done. Are they going to miss John Collins? Well, I think anytime you lose a starting uh, power forward, uh, you're going to miss him. That means that other guys have got to improve and step up. And, and that is going to be one of the biggest questions that the Hawks are going to have to answer as they get ready for training camp. You know, what it, what is this player logjam going to look like at the end uh, of the of the transactional period? Um, you know, the, and, and the other thing, guys, you know, with, with Lillard out there and Harden out there, these trades sometimes take forever. I think all of us in the media and fans, we want it done like last night. Let's be done with it. Where is he going? And what what are the other teams involved? But it really doesn't work that way. Some of these trades take seven, eight, nine weeks. Now, I think there will be some movement on Lillard once they all convene because every team is there and they can talk to one another in a, in a room and, and get things done a little quicker in Vegas than otherwise. But that said, uh, they could – they, the Hawks, and, and the other 29 teams can move on – uh, trades right up to Labor Day, basically, uh, to get their team set. Uh, so I think there's still a lot of unanswered questions out there, a lot of player movement to come, which sort of like the NFL, it's turned the NBA into a 12-month-a-year proposition. You buying into the Wembyama hype right now? No. No, no, no. No. Give the kid a chance. My God. I remember, guys, and you all do too because you're Hawks fans, do you remember Trey's first game in Summer League? He airballed a shot in Salt Lake City. And the uh, the keyboard warriors on Twitter, they, I told you, draft bust. So if if he comes, if one Bayama comes out tonight and he doesn't have a good game, you know, people are going to go crazy. Oh, yeah, okay. Give the kid a chance. He's 19 years old. He's never seen talent like this in summer league uh, before, much less in NBA season. So, um, give the kid a chance. Let's see. Let's see what he's 19. He's look at what Giannis looked like when he came into the league. Let him grow up. Let him mature. Let his body fill out a little bit. Let's see what we have. And I think he's at the perfect spot. For that to happen, Pop's not going to rush anything. San Antonio does not, couldn't care less what the national media or the fans are saying. They're going to bring him along at his own pace. But I, I really do not have super high expectations right out of the gate. I want to see the kid play for sure. I'm a, I'm a fan. I will, I will be tuned in tonight. But I, I can't say, oh, this, this is going to be some referendum on his career. I don't think that at all. Bob, thanks so much, man. It's great to catch up with you. Have a good weekend, and we'll do it again soon. Yeah, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's Bob Rathman, ladies and gentlemen. We come back. Uh, the Millite Golf Report. John Ricchetti will jump on with us. Wayne Randazzo will join us in 8 o'clock, as will Danny Cordy. And, of course, we'll have an opportunity for you to win a little Chick-fil-A. Continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. Uh, we'll even try to take your calls in the next segment as well. It's the opening kickoff. Best bodyguard, fictitious or otherwise. And are you Team Brittany or Team Winbenyama? We hit all the hard-hitting topics here on a Friday edition of the opening kickoff right here on the Sports Station WNSP. Hi, this is Bo Manning, my co-producer of Training Days, Rolling with the Tide. You're listening to WNSP 105.5 Mobile. Go, Johnny, go, go. 
kick off his Friday. It's time for our golf report, the Miller Lite Golf Report, and John Ricchetti. John, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing good, Lee. Good, Mark. Doing good. Uh, always uh, a pleasure to talk to you guys on Friday. As, uh, I guess the big news in golf, I guess we'll start off with the U.S. Women's Open, where uh, Annika Sorensen and Michelle Wee both attracted to Pebble Beach, and it kind of, from what I understand, it's kind of a swung song. They're probably their final event in uh, as major championship golf, but uh, they did not do too well. Michelle Wee with a 79, Annika Sorensen with an 80 yesterday, uh, where there is a couple players, Lynn and Kim, both tied at the top of the leaderboard at four under par at Pebble Beach in the United States. Women's Open Championship. Also, Rosie Zhang at two over par. She's the standout from Stanford that uh, turned professional, winning in her first professional event. Had a course record at uh, when the Stanford had a tournament at, earlier in the year at Pebble Beach. She shot a 63, but she opened up with a two over par 74. The men's golf is the John Deere Classic going on this, this week as uh, players get set to the last final major in a couple of weeks at the British Open, and uh, Jonas Blitz, he blitzed the field, all right. Nine under par, 62 yesterday, and he is your leader as play is underway. Robbie Shelton shot a one under par, 70 yesterday. Uh, he's getting ready to tee off here in the next 25 minutes. He's going to have to play a pretty solid round today if he's going to be around on the weekend. Also, Live Golf. Uh, they are in London this week, getting ready to tee off with their shotgun here shortly uh, in London. So we'll keep an eye on that as uh, they continue to uh, – it seems like they continue. They're sold out from what I understand is that the, they have no tickets available this week in London. So it looks like Liv Golf gaining some momentum. Uh, so everybody, hopefully everybody has a great weekend. Get out there and play some golf and look forward to talking to everybody on Monday. Hey, have a great week, man. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you Monday. Uh, all right, we got some time. You want to jump in at 694-1055 is the number. Uh, our number three includes Wayne Randazzo, uh, Danny Cordy, and uh, a, a chance for you to win a little Chick-fil-A for the weekend. How about that? Wayne Randazzo, for those who don't know, used to do the Bay Bears. He is now a voice for the Angels. We'll talk to him about Otani, and then he also does the Friday night Peacock game. All right, so uh, for those that missed the big topic of conversation today, Britney Spears uh, wants an apology from Victor Wimbanyama, from a security detail, from the Spurs, from somebody. But she's getting an apology because, according to her, she was backhanded in the face by a security member of Wimbanyama's team, knocking her glasses off as she attempted to get Victor's attention just to say hello, introduce herself, get a pick. But uh, his, his security detail was having none of it, Lee. Who, re who runs up to somebody and reaches out and grabs them or touches them on the shoulder like that? She uh, did. Yeah. She did. But, I mean, and so far the, the, the guests that we've had on have all been in, in, in on her corner. I I, say, I'm, I'm more Victor. I say kudos to Brittany. She didn't have one of her people run up and say, hey, Miss Spears would like a moment. No. She's she's salt of the of the earth, man. She's a people person. She went running up and she's like, I'm Brittany. You're Victor. Let's get a pick. No. 
I disagree with that. I, I think the easier, better way to do it, and, and she should know better because she wouldn't want somebody doing that to her. You know that. And if something had happened where Victor ran up and touched her, you can imagine the headlines. So, But doesn't this give Britney Spears fans access to do exactly to her now? What she did to Victor. So Britney fans ought to be thrilled. They yeah. all ought to run up to her and get yeah. a pack. Kudos to the uh, Britney Spears PR people. Kudos. Put her back in the news. So what should have been done in a very nice way, and she should know better because she's, like I said, been on the back end of this. As soon as they were seated, maybe uh, already gave their order. Then go up very nicely or send a a waiter, waitress up there or a host and say, look, uh, uh, Britney Spears would like to say hello. And I'm sure things would have gotten a lot better. Lori just uh, came in. Don't you know I recorded back in, when was it, the last time? 2022, It's been about 10 or 12 years since our last one. Um, Lori just came in, and she said that she heard a rumor (laughs) that it was actually Britney Spears' own hand that hit her in the face and knocked her glasses off while really? being pushed to the side. Wow. So in so she's not not only lying, but she's uncoordinated as hell, is what you're saying. <laughs> she slapped her own face. Those rumors can uh, not be confirmed nor denied. It'd be a lot easier to comment on this case if we saw the good old TMZ video. Yeah, when's TMZ releasing video Come on, on this? That's, that's where you really get to see. They, yeah. they, they see whenever there's anything in Vegas... And they finally release it. Boy, you got a different view of this thing. But uh, just on the cuff and not knowing, it just seems to me this is a publicity uh, thing on her part or her people. And it just doesn't make any sense because she's, like I said, been at the other end of this, being the celebrity where people rush up to her. And then she says, my security people would never do that. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm sure that's never happened. I have no reason to doubt Brittany over the years. Well, you're such a... Let's say a groupie. I am. She's not that innocent. So who? So and why haven't we gotten a big profile on like the the bodyguard that actually protected Victor Winbinyama yeah. from this serious threat? All right, look him up. His name. I wrote it down. Damian Smith, I think, was it? Damian Smith. Let me let me double Spur check. security. Let's see. Uh, name of yeah, Damian Smith was the security guard. I'm doing an image search to see if this is like one of them like big old guys, but I don't see. Why wouldn't it be funny? You find these like five four, hundred twenty <laughs> pounds. <laughs> it's like all I'm I, saying is the way that Britney's looking today. If she were to run up to me, I'd probably have to backhand her too. That'd, that would scare me, like a goblin coming to get you. Hey, Britney has feelings too. So do goblins. <laughs> All right, doing my due diligence on Damian Smith, Spurs bodyguard. Who? Oh, here it is. Who is Damian Smith? 24 minutes ago. Looks like I got a little reading to do at the break here. I will share what I've learned when we come back. Kind of a big guy. Um, What are we doing next? Oh, yeah, Wayne Randazzo. It's the opening kickoff right here on the sports station, WNSP.
This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Oh, oh, there we go. 8.04, hour number three here on the sports station WNSP. It's the opening kickoff. Mark, Lee, Triple G, all in the studios at WNSP. Certainly appreciate you joining us here on uh, on this Friday. A reminder, follow us on social media uh, on Twitter at 105.5 WNSP. Of course, we're on Facebook and Instagram as well. And you can follow me on uh, Twitter at Mark underscore Heim. Even Lee, who's on Twitter and doesn't know it, at Shervanian Lee. There we go. We got to get you on threads oh, I, I at just, some I point. I just, just had some really, really good news, but I'll tell you off the air. So anyway, are we ready to talk some baseball? Give you a good send off. Sure. All right. Is uh, Wayne ready to go? Wayne sure. Rezzo? Last time we talked to the former Bay Bear announcer, he was calling games for the New York Mets. But during the off season, he took a job with the Angels, which means he talks about Otani and Trout. And Wayne, first of all, good morning and welcome to the opening kickoff here in uh, Great Mobile. How you doing? Yeah. How you guys doing? Aren't you also doing Friday Night Peacock? Uh, Apple, yeah. Apple. I am so sorry. I can't keep track of all this stuff. Which game do you have tonight? Uh, Baltimore, Minnesota tonight. Okay. Well, first of all, I guess people would like to know about Otani. Left with a blister, will we see him in the All-Star game? You'll see him batting. You you won't see him pitching in the All-Star game. Uh, he's, he's, you know, he was voted in as the DH and also uh, as a pitcher, so he was eligible to do both, but I don't think he'll pitch in the All-Star game. He'll, he'll certainly get a couple of bats, though, and um, you know have his, his presence felt in the All-Star game for sure. So what's what's it been? Have you had a chance to actually, can you talk to him? I mean, does he speak English? I know he's got an interpreter, but do you ever have a chance to catch up to him at all? Yeah, he's around. You know, he's, he, he pays his 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 interpreter and and he's always with Shohei anyway so um yeah i think Shohei speaks some english but there's there's a lot of you know comfort with having the interpreter when when it's english is your second language and you're doing interviews and and not exactly completely comfortable with everything you're going to say so um you know guys elect to use the interpreter and and Ipe is really uh, with Shohei every day, even in the off season, they're they're together just about every day. You know, Ipe is kind of kind of more than an interpreter in that regard, and um, so you know they're together a lot, and and it's it's easy to get get in touch with one of them if if you need to. Well, he's certainly having an incredible year, 31 homers, leading the majors, having a real good year pitching. And you wonder, as baseball is like any sport, a copycat sport, why are there not more two-way players, or would you think there will be down the road? Teams are just, you know, kind of allergic to it. You know, when whenever there's somebody who has expressed interest in that or, uh, you know, is, is feeling like they can do it, you know, going through the minor league system, sometimes they are allowed to try it. And usually they, you know, they just kind of push them toward one and, and kind of settle on, on one thing if, if both aren't happening exactly perfectly at the time. So, you know, teams 
are going to have to relent a little bit on kind of allowing it and and being okay with it if if it's something they want to pursue. You know, I think it's beneficial because with with you know, you have roster limits now where you have to keep a certain number of pitchers, and when you have a two-way player, it doesn't count against your 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 pitcher roster. So you know, the Angels essentially have one more pitcher than everybody else because Shohei doesn't count toward that allotment as a two-way player. So you know, if you did have that, I think you could find some some benefits to it. But I don't know that you need to have a, uh, somebody be a superstar at both. I think if somebody was just competent at both, it still would work. Talking with Wayne Randazzo, the voice of the Angels, also Apple TV tonight, as he uh, will be calling the uh, game on Apple. So this is all hypothetical, but, I mean, let's face it, the big story in baseball, the narrative, what do the Angels do with Otani? He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. You, got, you lost Trout. They've had a myriad of injuries. It's, gosh, this team has been snake bit with injuries. What do you think happens? Do they keep them the whole year, even if they drop out of the playoff? Yeah, I mean, right now they're just a few games out of the wild card. You know, they, they've had a couple of weeks. I mean, they've lost, uh, I think it's 11 out of their last 15. That That's really dropped them from being in, in position for a wild card to now being uh, a few games out of one. But, you know, things can turn around. They're, they're supposed to get some guys back right after the All-Star break. Uh, they only have two games left going into the break, just uh, tonight and tomorrow, and uh, hopefully they can they can get healthy and, and start to turn things around again. I mean, right out of the All-Star break, they play the Astros and the Yankees, so there's a chance right there to get to get back in it and to gain some ground on those teams that they are chasing. But they've got to win. I mean, they've got to they've got to be in the race and they've got to they've got to win some games here coming up. Um, as for training Shohei, I, I wouldn't do it. I would never do it. I, I think this guy is too important. If you have any chance of re-signing him, uh, I think you've got to keep him. And uh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be the one to send him to another uniform and send him to another team. I, I think that would be the wrong message to send to to the organization and to the fan base. I mean, you you should see what 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 it is to have Shohei around and to have such a an influx of of fans coming from Asia and that are that are Japanese and that are are, are Angels fans because of Shohei. Uh, to me, he's Michael Jordan back in back in his heyday with the Bulls. Uh, he's every bit the phenom and the superstar that, that Michael was at, at that time with with relation to baseball and you can't you can't be the, the team that trades him you just can't and I, I i know that it's enticing because he's a free agent he might not stay you can get some good players back which i think would help the organization maybe long term if he doesn't stay but that this guy's too valuable and too much of a of, of a superstar to to make that deal i wouldn't do it i happen to agree with you wayne i really do i I mean, when you got a guy like that, and the Angels have never been shy about signing free agents. My gosh, you look at the contracts for Pujols and Rendon and Trout and so forth. How could you let this guy go? I mean, he's a franchise. Yes, he's, 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 he is. And I, I think there's, you know, beyond what he does on the field, which is uh, tremendous. I mean, he, he can carry your, your lineup offensively. He's your best starting pitcher. Uh, there's no one in the system to, to to replace that, 
he does, there's no there's nobody there that is going to step in and be your best hitter and your best pitcher. Uh, you, you have to you have to keep him, and and that doesn't even go into the marketing aspect of it. He's the most marketable player in the game by far and away. Uh, there's there's no way you should let him wear another uniform. If you have any opportunity to sign him, you should do it. They should do it now. They should give him the number now and 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 set that standard now to show that they are completely invested in in him and his future. And um, yeah, I think it's just a huge mistake if they let him leave. You obviously have a better understanding of the West Coast. Uh, you were in the East Coast last year with the Mets. So does Otani overshadow the Dodgers, or is it vice versa, with the Dodgers still owning Los Angeles? Uh, sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's kind of his own entity. I mean, he's, you know, it's, I think the Dodgers are still the Dodgers. The, the success they've had over the last decade is has made them, you know, bigger than ever. And you know, I think I think there's a lot. There's still a lot more Dodger fans than Angels fans, but the, and the Angels draw really well. Um, there's there's interest in the team, and there's tremendous interest in Shohei. So, uh, you know, I think that he he can really catapult the the Angels organization to to good things. I mean, I think this year we talked about the injuries. If they don't have those, I I think that they they are certainly a playoff team. They they've They've built a good roster. They've just had a hard time keeping these guys on the field. They have a shortstop that's going to be a great player. They've got a catcher that's going to be a great player. Both of those guys are rookies. Both of those guys are hurt. And, uh, you know, Rendon's just incapable of staying on the field. Um, they brought in Gio Urshela. He got hurt. I mean, it's, it's just one injury after the other. So that's kind of knocked them back here. I mean, that's that's just the reality of it. They need to overcome that. You can't just blame injuries for everything. The Yankees have had plenty of injuries too, including judge, and they're still in a position to go to the playoffs. So you, you have to still win, but it's, it's, it's been a problem for them. So Wayne, let me ask you tonight, you're doing the Apple game. You, you said Minnesota, I think in Baltimore, who works the game with you? Dontrell Willis. Dontrell Willis. Okay. And what time? Uh, central time. Yeah, seven o'clock uh, Central Time. We're doing the Twins and the Orioles today. We've got we've got the Dodgers and the Mets next week. So you know, we've got a lot of good matchups, especially after the All Star break. We're doing the uh, Yankees Astros. We're doing Yankees Red Sox. We've got a Giants Dodgers game toward the end. So you know, we've we've got some some good games ahead on on Apple TV this year, and it's it's been a fun year. You know, they've really revamped the broadcast, um, kind of changed the crews around from last year, and you know, I think that they've you know, kind of found their where they want to be with with everything, and and year two has been, been pretty smooth, and uh, the it looks really crisp, but it sounds really good, and um, you know, I think the broadcasts are 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 great for the game, and hopefully uh, people are tuning in and and liking what they hear. Wayne, congratulations on your career. Terrific stuff. Thanks, and I Lee. hope to catch up to you soon. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks. Wayne Randazzo, former voice of the Bay Bears, now with Apple TV and the Angels. All right. So uh, we're going to do a scoreboard traffic and weather here. We'll come back. You have a chance at some Chick-fil-A. And then at 830, uh, Danny Cordy will be along. Uh, we got a big event happening this weekend and some uh, potential news about Lad. There seems to be a sticking point about uh, 
capacity there and what it needs to be moving forward. So we'll get to some of that as well. The opening kickoff, Mark Lee, Triple G in the studios of WNSP on this Friday edition right here on the sports station, WNSP. This is Cornelius Bennett, three-time All-American College Football Hall of Fame, and you're listening to WNSP. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I could eat there seven times a day. Where the people laugh and children play. Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A. 8.23 here on this Friday morning. Here's your chance for some fried deliciousness. What do you got for him? Well, we've got a, a question relative to the home run uh, derby in baseball next uh, Monday. I don't know how many people are really familiar with the number one seed. They seed the teams now, and the player that got the number one seed plays for the White Sox. His name is Lewis Roberts. Sure. All right. So the question today is there's been only one Chicago White Sox that has ever run, ever won the home run derby. This is the 38th year. Name that White Sox player that won the home run derby. If you know the answer, 694-1055. And a little Chick-fil-A for you. We're going to talk to Danny Cordy coming up in about uh, six or eight minutes or so. Uh, you guys can jump in at 694-1055. Um, do you see where Skip Bayless pleaded with uh, Charles Barkley to join him on Undisputed because he's looking for another co-host. So Undisputed going off the air for two months. Basically, they can't find anybody to replace Shannon Sharp, uh, according to reports. And so they're just shutting it down until they can find somebody worthy of Skip Bayless's time. You mean they're just going off the air like that? Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Well, I don't think anybody I mean, really else, wants to work with Skip. Else, well, it's I haven't. I, you know what? I've never even heard the show. Uh, have you? I mean, you ever tuned in? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Skip, so I don't. I don't. But I mean, that's that's all done be for show, right? I mean, that's what he. That's the whole yeah, premise oh yeah. of the show. Yeah, take but they the get other it, side. I mean, they get after it. They get after it. Uh, pretty. I well. mean, he's very controversial. Who would be a good co-host then? Besides, Char would Charles really be the? No. Yeah, you don't think he would be? Well, I think Charles would beat the hell out of him at some point because uh, they've been going physically back and forth. or yeah, mentally. Yeah, 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 you know, physically, they they've been going at it on. He called him, I think Barkley called him a damn idiot. Uh, Bayless called him a clown. They've just been going back and forth. Um, and I wonder how much of it they really mean or if it's just for show. You know, I told you I finished reading Kenny Smith's book. Kenny talked a lot about Barkley in the book. Uh, Kenny Smith, who's co-host of the TNT Inside the NBA. And, they, and he talked about, you know, the, the times they disagree a lot on the air. And they've had extenuating arguments off the air. But... He says they're like brothers. They're very close, despite the fact that they, you know, disagree on so many issues, whether it's basketball, but more so off uh, basketball politics and, and things like that. So I don't know. I know Barkley is outspoken, and Barkley himself has said that you know, you know, they pay me to say things like that. You know, he even you know, he's even on the bad side of Michael Jordan for things he said about Jordan's ownership or former ownership of the of the Charlotte Hornets. So I'm trying to think about who who else would be very good in in going against Bayless cuz I know Bayless is very sharp and you know who do you ever listen to uh Russo? Mad Dog Russo? Not Yeah, okay. I mean I've heard him. Okay. I've he might be now he's uh he's on the major league network he's on Sirius radio he he because he's he's got a big mouth 
What do you yeah, think, that's Nick? That's just two Skip Baylesses. Yeah. Too, too, too close. Two old, disgruntled white guys. You got to have the yang to the yin. All right. Well, who else would it, would be good then? Bring if Stephen A. Smith back. I was thinking of that's him. That's who he wants to do it with, according to the report. That's, off the sports. that's who I thought of, but he's so tied in with ESPN now. Yeah, he's killing it at... It, right. Why I mean, he? he's got the he's got the number one show. Right. So why would he? Want Although it? undisputed, you could argue is top two. Um, in in that genre, who's got to be someone that you can root for, you know? Because Skip Bayless is the villain. Why did Everyone Shannon Sharp leave? Shannon Sharp. Why did he leave? For him. Um, why did Shannon Sharp leave? Yeah, was there a reason or? I don't know. I mean, I'd just be people guessing grow, that he... People change. Sometimes and, people and who's, grow apart. And who's the host of the show? Not on this show, of course. Who what? Who's the host? Is it... On Undisputed? Yeah. You mean like the moderator? Yeah, who's, who doesn't somebody... Uh, yeah, some female um, sports personality. That's not Jennifer, is it? Jennifer Hale? Or she on a, she's on another show. Um, she used to be a guest on this show, but I know she told me she can't because she's doing that. Is it is it that Jalen show? Jalen Rose's daughter doing something like that. I thought Jen Hale was doing Undisputed. That's what I'm asking. I think you told me that, but I wanted to be sure. She does the Pelicans and NFL football, but she used to be a, a guest with us all the time, and then she had to bow out. So she fills in on uh. Or I she's think. not. I don't know if she does full time. Well, nobody's doing undisputed now, but I think she she did some did some stuff. Um, but I don't know if she does that full time. Who was the first one that Bayless worked with? There was somebody before Shannon Sharp. Stephen A. Yeah, they worked it together. A? Was yeah. it Stephen A? Okay. Good stuff. Did we get a winner? Yeah, we did. Austin. And it was the big hurt. Frank Thomas, the only White Sox ever to win the home run derby. Congratulations, Austin. When we come back, Danny Cordy's going to join us on this Friday edition. The opening kickoff continues right here on the sports station. WNSP and WNSP.com. favorite artist she can draw well who was that <laughs> who was that who was that voice was that katie perry no that was britney lady gaga oh it was nope, britney still britney oh, okay and i just never had a chance to attend one of her concerts oh i'm sure uh you could probably well she's not performing anymore i know well that's 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 a problem but i know somebody this guy on the air can get anybody to come into mobile oh you think you think that'll be the next yes yes he once got the sensations to come here there there's no end to the uh 
to the let's say the reach out that Danny Cordy the Mobile Sports Dan- Authority. Danny, has. if you could get Britney Spears here, we might actually have to do what everybody thinks we shouldn't do, which is add seats to Lad People Stadium. <laughs> hey, whatever it takes, guys. I'm I'm here for the cause. You know, Danny, he'll try though. He may not get everybody in, but he makes an effort. So tell us about this basketball tournament this weekend here. Uh, is this at the convention or the Civic Center? Well, first, guys, thanks for uh, having me on this morning. Yes, this is convention center is what it where it is, and and what we've done when we uh, when the county uh, and city. Uh, allocated us the ARP funding earlier this year and late last year. We used a lot of the money to buy 10, uh, 10 portable basketball courts so we could host these kind of tournaments for basketball and volleyball, and it's really starting to, to pick up. This is a, a, an event uh, that we've never had at the convention center. Uh, I was told yesterday that this is a, well, first, this is a youth basketball tournament, so it's called the the uh, primetime uh, AAU national tournament. So up to 140 of 142 teams is where we are right now. Starts tonight and Saturday and Sunday. And if those all those teams show up, it, it, it will again be another record, be the largest youth basketball tournament ever held in Mobile. So you know, it's 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 a growing sport. I mean, Mark probably can talk about it more than I can, and 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 it's really it, it, after stagnating for years, maybe 10, 12 years ago, basketball, volleyball, pickleball, the, the, all those sports are really picking up, and hopefully we're getting our fair share of them. So, are most of these teams outside of the state of Alabama? Probably a little, probably about half of them will be from out of town. Some of them will be from the state, but maybe upstate. But uh, but about half of them will be from out of town. So here in the middle of July or early July, it's a pretty good economic impact for us. And uh, so there'll be basketball teams probably walking all over downtown, spending some money, hopefully. That sounds great. What are they playing for? Is there one champion, or are there a lot of different classifications? Well, there's girls and boys, so uh, that would and different age groups. So yes, and and again, probably Mark could explain it better than anybody could on the different age divisions. But uh, but yeah, different ages and and girls and boys. A, depending on the number of of teams in each age division, there'll be probably a, a silver and a gold bracket on Sunday. So they they play pool play on Friday and Saturday, uh, and that that gets you ready for single elimination on Sunday. And depending on the number of teams, dictates the number of brackets in each division. Do either of you know of any, let's say, high-profile, high-caliber players that are coming in that would draw attention to their individual ability? I'm not sure, Lee. I'd have to co- coach uh, Richard Robinson and John McDonald from Panhandle Basketball are the two really pulling the tournament together. And I really haven't asked. Uh, 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 Mark may know, but I, I, I'm not sure. I can't answer that question. Uh, we're not playing this weekend, so the answer to your question, Lee, is no. No high-profile no, high players or coaches. <laughs> you, you guys, have, coaches. You yeah, guys yeah. have forced Mark out of town. There's so many people coming in here. There's no room for them. <laughs> All right, well, you, hey, we'll, we'll figure it out. I know you will. Uh, next week, you got a very interesting. In fact, I was at a meeting last night, and the name of the uh, South Alabama pole vaulter came up, the one who went to the NCAA championships 
and did very well. Right. And I was curious right. if he was going to be involved in your pole vaulting uh, deal next week on Dolphin Street. I, I have not gotten a list. We have up about 200 vaulters, which is sold out, coming in. Now, that's amateur and pro. Now, that's the Dolphin Street vault. The 12th Dolphin Street vault is a week from tomorrow, July 15th. Downtown in the entertainment district, we put up three, three uh, vaulting uh, pits uh, right in front of the uh, right on Dolphin Street there, and it'll go from 8 a.m. next Saturday to probably about 9 p.m. next Saturday night. And if you've never seen something unique like this, you need to go on down there. I mean, there's no admission, there's no ticketing. You just go down there and 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 and, and just kind of watch. You can go eat in the restaurant and. And, and just walk around and, and watch them interesting, especially at night when the pros get there. That's when they really get up to that 17, 18, 19 feet. So, Danny, cool. and I hope I'm not, you know, giving any news I'm not supposed to, but, Mark, you told me you're going to, on your vacation, be parasailing, which shocked me to hear you say that, but you're going to be doing that? Mark's going to parasail? I'm, I'm going to attempt. So I'm curious – what would wow. be more of a risk taker, Mark, parasailing or vaulting? Oh, week? pole vaulting for sure. Have you seen how? What, I mean, the the devastation that could happen with that pole. No, nah, no, nah, man. I, I, I'm I'm safer up in the air behind a boat on, on a on a on a Caribbean island for sure. Yeah, I would agree with that. And what happens if you pole vault and you don't get to the get to the get to the uh, and you start falling back, and you don't get over the yeah, yeah. Uh, the mark. Did yeah, you, uh, that would be a problem. No, that'd did, be a huge. Do those pole vaults ever break? Oh, of course, yeah, sure. All right, and some other news coming up. Uh, I understand. Well, usually, we have one college football game involving historically black universities, but that's expanding this year, Danny. Yes, we we've had the Gulf Coast Challenge. The 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 sixth Gulf Coast Challenge will come up. October 7th with uh, Alabama A&M hosting Jackson State again. Then on November 4th, the Port City Classic is our, our new HBCU, which has Alabama State hosting Grambling. So uh, we're and, and that's another reason all this interest with LAD and everything going on with that is that we want to make sure we we have the right number of seating to to be able to accommodate these games and and. And hopefully all that stuff will get worked out, and I believe it will, and, and, and we'll be good. But, uh, yeah, those are big, big economic generators for us, and the past in the HBCU world is, is, is really the reason for that. And We're just happy to be, be hosting one, and not only one, but two. Dan, uh, Danny, so obviously that's been a big topic of conversation with Lad Peebles, and the, 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 the narrative is maybe limit or, or reduce the seating around uh, Lad Peebles to make it more conducive for high school football. But what's the like a bare minimum uh, in order to continue to attract the events that you're still attracting to the stadium? Mark, I was asked, this has been going on about a year. I was asked right after the, the Deion Sanders-Jackson State game down here and we had about 32,000 what if they reduced the size of, of lad what would you think and I threw the number out there of 30,000 it was sort of a, a little bit of an arbitrary number so I just threw it out there and that's sort of the number that has stuck but we could we could get we could get by if there was 26 27,000 because the other thing of that is we want to have enough seats that it would attract Alabama State and Alabama A&M who would really be the home teams of the two games we probably have here on an annual basis because 
27, 27.5 or so would be bigger than either one of their stadiums. So you have to have an incentive to do that too. So, uh, and, and the reason I threw out 30,000 is because if you just, it's easy to take the two end zones down because that's five each and, and you've got your 30. So it would be an inexpensive way to get to 30. That's that's sort of why the 30 was out there, but it's it's kind of been a, uh, I, I don't know that it's, it's it's really more or less an arbitrary number. We could get by with less, but there's just hopefully there's going there'll be an agreement between the city and the school board, and we'll move forward on it. But that's that's kind of how all that came about. Danny Cordy, executive director of the Mobile Sports Authority, joining us. I got a couple of football questions related to you. All right, you remember last year when Jackson State came in, and then after the game, post game comments by Deion Sanders were not that complimentary. Has anything been done money wise to improve? let's say the locker rooms at lad or anything like that for these incoming games well really when coach prime made those comments basically what happened was they didn't communicate he didn't communicate with what his needs were for the locker room so he put a big stereo system in there that that, that flipped the breakers so the breakers <laughs> went out lights went out which means no hot water so all that stuff Yes, to answer your question is yes. We, we, we that wasn't going to be a problem, but they needed to tell us what they needed, and we didn't know that until they flipped the breakers there, and that's that's kind of what happened there, and uh, that was that seemed to be his main comments. Of course, when he made the comment he wasn't coming back to Mobile, he was right because he knew exactly where he was going. He was going to Colorado, so I didn't put a lot of uh, I didn't put a lot of stock in his comments, and quite frankly, I was a little disappointed with with how he acted and what he said about Mobile. Uh, really always been a big Deion Sanders fan, love what he represents, love what he does, but uh, that that was way out of bounds. The other question I have, there are there's always rumors and reports, Danny, of moving state semifinal games to neutral sites. Uh, obviously, the, the state championship high school playoffs, either Alabama or Auburn, but there's that talk now of maybe looking at uh, neutral sites. I'd like to know what you're hearing, if, if it's possible this could happen down the road, and would Hancock-Whitney Stadium be a viable uh, venue for a playoff game, let's say a semifinal game? Lee, about 10 years ago, if you remember, uh, Coach Savarese, when he was executive director, tried to do the same thing. Asked all our cities to bid on the semifinals, but there just wasn't, there didn't seem to be a lot of interest in it. Now, I think it's a little bit different now. Uh, and to answer your question, yes, there is talk about it. Uh, yes, there would be interest in it, but I mean, I've made no secret with you guys. My interest is the Super 7 championships, and with the NCAA going to 12 teams next year, Alabama and Auburn, there's a good chance, even though I have not heard anything officially, good chance that they will no longer be hosting Super 7s. So it would come down to Birmingham, Mobile, and Montgomery as the as the three cities which really have stadiums to be able to host the Super 7s. So that, that's, that is my interest more so if you told me, okay, you can bid on – the semifinals or the finals, I mean, yeah, the finals are going to be more expensive, but I just think that's where we need to go with it. With uh, And in South Alabama, Joel Erdman and his crew have been uh, very open to the idea, and so that's that's sort of where we are. But, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll look at anything and we'll listen to anything and 
see what Coach Briggs and the AHSA wants to do. So, but that's kind of where it is right now. You do a lot of work behind the scenes. Uh, down the road, is give me an event that you you would love to have. You're striving to have, but maybe it can't be done. But at least you're trying to get into this Greater Mobile area. What is it that you're really working behind the scenes to get? Well, you really have to have facilities, and and the nicest facilities we have right now, Hancock Whitney, and and if we put twenty million dollars in the lab, we'll have a we'll have a nice lab facility. But one of the big things I want is a facility which would create some of these other things. We need an indoor facility like the Finley Center in Hooper. We need a basketball, volleyball, and even a pickleball indoor facility where we could host these major basketball and volleyball tournaments. Uh, now, does that mean we'd go after AHSAA basketball? Maybe, maybe not. Would we go after AHA volleyball? Possibly so. So it's it, it, I, I know what you're asking, but what what we have to do is look. Okay, how many? What event would bring the most people to town? It may be not the most prestigious or or uh, uh, you know high exposure kind of event. But the, what events bring the most people to town? And those are the kind of events, the high school, the youth tournaments, are the ones that bring it to town. So we would need a facilities and, and facilities to, uh, to be able to host those. And the biggest facility we need right now is a, a, a large indoor facility for volleyball, basketball, and even pickleball. I mean, that, that would create the most economic impact. And like I said, uh, the Finley Center in Birmingham is a comparison. Uh, Danny, we always appreciate you coming aboard, man. Have a great weekend, and I know you'll, you'll get on the phone with Britney's people right now to secure a concert, <laughs> and uh, make sure when you make that deal you get Lee some backstage passes. He wants um, he wants to meet the one and only. That's right. Oops, we did it again. There you go. He doesn't get that <laughs> reference, but I do. So, hey, have a great weekend. Enjoy the tournament. We'll be in touch. Take care. Thanks, guys. Yep. All right, uh, one final segment. We'll wrap up uh, things here on a Friday edition of the opening kickoff, and uh, you guys can jump in. Stay with us. It's WNSP. This is Brad Nessler, and you're listening to WNSP 105.5 in Mobile. Uh, one final segment of the week. Uh, again, thank you guys for uh, for hanging with us throughout the course of uh, the week. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Uh, of course, the opening kickoff will be back on Monday. We uh, will not all be here, though, because you are ready to embark. And I've tried to get guests on, like Bob, so that you don't have to worry about Silver's press conference tomorrow. Now you need, know everything you need about that in-season tournament. Yeah. Updated you on Antani. So where are you going? Uh, we're uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a little cruise. Uh, we're gonna uh, out of Canaveral. We're gonna hit the uh, we're gonna hit the Caribbean. Gotta be Savvy. careful on that uh, open look, ocean, man. Weather on, look good on the what? On that open ocean, you yeah. gotta be careful. Does the weather look good? Have you, I mean, have you looked ahead? It's the Caribbean, it? man. The weather's always good. Yeah, but you stop at islands and things like that. I mean, you, you want to have nice weather. And especially when I heard you're going to parasail, you got to check the wind direction. Oh, yeah, I've never been parasailing. I know, and that's what— Anybody got any tips? 
Hang on. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let go. Are all of you, the whole family, going to parasail? Uh, most of us. Uh, gonna four, be, uh, I think mom's going to. I think mom's going to. Uh, somebody's got to take pictures, right? Well, yeah. Or do be, they do be around for the world? Is that part of it? Like when you do something like that, they have somebody, a photographer, getting. I don't know. I've never done it. So. I'm living dangerously. Live my live my life a quarter mile at a time. And you thought right. doing this show was dangerous. Are you going to go swimming in the Dead Sea? I don't think that's where we'll be. You know, that's in the Caribbean. Not in the... What? Isn't it? I don't think so. Where is that? Isn't that like the Mediterranean or something? That's like in Israel, Egypt, isn't Caribbean, it? Caribbean, Mediterranean. They're all just styles of chicken to me. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, so don't. But no, you know you know why they call it the Dead Sea, though, right? Yeah, let me hear the reason from the guy that has no idea what he's talking about. Okay, well, the reason that they call it the Dead Sea is because there's so much salt in the water in that specific area that it's impossible to sink. The salt keeps you afloat. Remember we talked like about that the dead body, mm-hmm. Mark. Was it with? Um Bruce Pearl, remember when he went over there? I was at last year. He talked about the Dead Sea and going into the water there. So if if you're gangster or mobster and you wanna you wanna you wanna <laughs> lose a body, don't go to the Dead Sea because it'll just float to the top, right? Or put a little extra concrete yeah. on the feet, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Good tip. Good tip. Excellent. So what what are you guys gonna do without me next week? You guys just gonna well, do a two man show or I don't know. Yeah, you got some guest hosts lined up. Well, I got turned down by Pat Sajak. He turned me down. Mm. Um, Vanna lawyered up. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm I'm reaching out to. Uh, well, it's tough to fill. It's tough Skip. to fill your Shannon Sharp's available. <laughs> That's right. Skip is available too. Uh, yeah, Skip's not doing anything. All right, all right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how they want to feel about working with Nick though. I mean. Actually, it'd probably be good because Nick's always taking the opposite side anyway, so it would be very, very good to dispute. What do you think, Nick? A lot of debates and whatnot. Nick, who would you like to have in here replacing Mark? Mm, I don't know. Anyone? (laughs) Anyone's an upgrade. That's what I like to hear. Somebody (laughs) got real, you know, really, really nitty gritty. Really come out with it, right? Anyone. That's what y'all should do. Just leave the door open over here, and, and whoever, whoever wants to come in, in and wants to do a segment, in. you'll be allowed to do a segment. And what if segment, twelve guest hosts, and you could do it for like the first two days, and then judge them, and then the winner will come back for a full show on Friday. Twelve guest hosts, twelve guests. Sounds like a reality. It sounds like a reality show. <laughs> so are you gonna do that? Maybe an open casting call? No. No. Just no. anyone with no. the name Mark. So so Dan Jennings? Dan. Joe Nyland. Okay. People like any, that. Any fresh blood? Any Anyone new? Not as of yet, but I have somebody in mind, but I'm not going to say it because they may be unavailable. Uh-oh. Okay. Just and Nick, I take suspect. suggestions from you, but I I'm probably won't get any, but uh, <laughs> I'll take a suggestion. <laughs> come up with somebody. This is, this is great radio. Come up, come up with somebody that he's gonna have to work at, like really, like someone local, but make it difficult for Lee. 
He doesn't do anything anymore. Someone local that'll be difficult on Lee. I feel like everyone's really nice and caters to a lot of Lee's um, quirks. That's a good way of putting it. So I, I, it's hard to imagine. I feel like the person who gives Lee the roughest time would be either you or I. Hmm. True. I don't give Lee a hard time. With, it, with his with his off white sweatshirt. <laughs> Did we ever get the story on that? Uh, he d- best I could tell, he doesn't like to wear white just because he spills stuff on it. But I thought there was some other bigger issue. There's well, issues that go back to my childhood. Ooh, like your mom used to dress you in white or something, yeah. and kids used to tease you, and my dad used to always force me to wear white shirts, things like that. You know, and you didn't. Do, and I didn't, didn't want, want to. to. No. So this is just you rebelling. Uh, you have daddy issues, like Brittany. You have daddy issues. I have daddy issues. Yes, <laughs> father issues. You and you and Brittany are so much alike. Of course, we didn't have to worry about a conservatorship because I didn't have anything. Right. So if there was nothing to if conserve. If you didn't wear white, did Dad get like physical? Oh gosh, no. My dad was never he physical. Wouldn't bring the belt out. Nah. Or say, hey, go out in the backyard, boy. Go pick you out the nicest branch you can find. <laughs> no, I, w- I already told you I was a, a very nice boy growing up. I didn't have to issues like that. So white conjures up trouble. like bad childhood memories. Never never visited the principal's office. Never got cut from being class president because of demerits. Ooh, cheap shot below the belt, Shit. man! On a Friday, eat all the rebelliousness <laughs> out of you before you got to grade. It's getting school. real. So do you like it? Do you have like? Do you wake up with night terrors or whatever because you have the dreams of wearing white shirts <laughs> and you got dad standing over you? Or it's never happened. No. What was your dad's name? Barton. He lived. He lived over for hundred over a hundred. I remember. 100. Yeah. So did my mom. That's crazy. It is. Dang. And they're well, both in exciting. the town hall with plaques. All right. Well, two out, we have two out of the four. When I hit the souvenir shop, I'm I was like, show me all your white shirts. And I'm getting one for Shervanian. I've just about gotten rid of most of them. I gave you a few, and I have to look. There's one. There's only one left. Every time you try to throw it away, it like pops <laughs> back up on the bed, fold it up. He's watching. <laughs> He's always watching. I hope you're not afraid of heights. All right. Uh, for Nick, for Lee, for Brittany, I'm Mark. That does it for another edition of the opening kickoff. Have a great weekend. Back at it Monday at 6. See ya.